We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. If you're joining us live from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. We're going to be taking your questions and comments tonight, going maybe a little bit earlier than usual tonight, but figured we'd go on the heels of the Celtics Heat game. We'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the Lakers coaching search. We did get an update there. Actually, a couple of updates that we need to get into on that one. I'm sure we're going to talk trades, Lakers offseason signings, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Joining me is Sean Davis. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Trevor. Thanks for having me back on. It was uh, really raining here earlier. Um, unfortunately, it was not raining in Miami. I think that would have helped them out a lot if it was raining inside of uh, the American Airlines Arena and have a rain delay there. They could have used it. Yeah, that was. Um, that they could definitely use something like that because, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe it helped the Mavs a little bit. Certainly did not with the Miami Heat. They had a rough outing tonight. Uh, it just looked like they had nothing else. They, they had nothing left for the Celtics. Looked like by the end of that game, they were on fumes. Uh, it feels like everybody on the Miami Heat is hurt, and certainly not what we wanted to see from the Lakers' perspective. Of course, you want to see the Celtics lose, but not something that um, that happened. I've got some people in the comments that are mentioning that there's some some lag going on there. Nothing I can really do about that, guys. So you should at least still have audio. I don't see anything on my end that would suggest that it should be, but um, again, nothing we can do. Sean... Are the Heat just done? Yeah, like Jimmy, Jim, it, it sucks because when Jimmy was healthy before game three, he was on fire and he was playing really, really well. But um, it sucks. But I do think Miami's done. Like Jimmy has nothing left. Kyle Lowry. We were talking about it in the play-by-play we did for the front office show. So anybody's coming in from that, appreciate you all. Um, that was a lot of fun. But like Kyle Lowry is kind of to a point where he's a liability. And Miami shooters are not hitting shots. So everything's gone wrong for Miami. And uh, it sucks because I thought they had a real shot. I picked them to beat Boston heading into the series. So it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I would be shocked if Miami was able to pull off a win. They just, if Miami had like two weeks off to heal up and rest, maybe 
Maybe they could beat Boston, but I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. They um they just don't they they just don't have enough healthy bodies right now. Like Jimmy Butler's not right, Kyle Lowry's not right. They don't have what they need right now. Yeah. And then Struz can't hit anything. <laughs> I think they showed a, a graphic. It's like O for his last 16 field oh goals or whatever. That's, yeah, that's that, bad. And that's absolutely brutal. That's absolutely brutal. Um, so, I um, mean, it looks like, unfortunately, the Boston Celtics are going to be moving on to the NBA Finals. Probably against the Warriors. The, the Mavs made it a, a game last night. They were able to get the win. Now it's a 3-1 series. Most likely the Warriors are going to advance. I think the Warriors are going to advance in the next game. And it's going to be Warriors-Celtics in the finals. Pretty gross. Pretty gross. Not going to lie. Pretty gross. But but in that scenario, go Warriors. Go Warriors, I guess, man. Anything uh, except the Celtics. Yes. Is where we are at. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit of Lakers. Let's start with the coaching situation. Oh, good. The chat is saying the lag is better now. Excellent. It, um, our speeds are super fast, so hopefully it was just some weird glitch there. But um, the coaching search. So we found out a couple of things today. We found out, first and foremost, that the Lakers, they interviewed Terry Stotts. Final interview uh, for him yep. today. Is there anything to read into the fact that Terry Stotts got the first interview of the group. Does that mean anything? Maybe we're trying to read between the lines too much, but Terry Stotts, Kenny Atkinson, Darvin Ham, all three of them are going to get a final interview. Terry Stotts was up first. Before we dive into anything else, does that matter? The order of the interviews? Well, I went Darvin, so I'm going to look into it, even though there's probably nothing there. I think, especially if Darvin's the last interview, then there's like, look at the other two guys and saying, Hey, like, do you have anything else that can maybe sway us any other way? And then we're going to give Darvin the last chance or whatever, like if they somehow impress them enough. Um, so, but I want Darvin. So maybe there's nothing there. Um, and, you know, Terry getting the first interview means absolutely nothing. But um, I want Darvin. So if they give Darvin the last interview, like, hey, man, we interviewed these other two guys. We still are more impressed by what you've had to say so far. So we're going to hire you. So that's the angle I'm going to choose to look at. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm of the same mindset. I'm thinking if I was the Lakers, I would want if I had a if I have a guy and I'm not saying they do. But if I'm the Lakers and I've got a guy who I think is in the lead, who is most likely the hire, I want him to go last. I want that person to be last. And I want to hear from the other two guys first and then see if, if it confirms when you do your final interview with, with Darvin Ham, assuming what the rumors are true that he is the front runner right now. If that's the case, I want him to be last. So maybe it means something, but uh, Terry Stotts goes first. And so he's done his final interview. Darvin Ham, Kenny Atkinson in some order. I think it'll probably be Kenny Atkinson next, but next, but I guess it depends on the Warriors too and what they're doing. I mean, the Warriors play tomorrow yeah. night, so that matters. Um, Kenny Atkinson, Darvin Ham, they're going to do their final interviews sometime this week, maybe we think. And then who knows? Maybe within the next few days, we'll hear uh, what's going to happen with the Lakers in their head coach position. We could be a short time away from finding out who the next Lakers head coach is. So that's that's certainly exciting. But, Sean, we also heard something else. Um, and this is from Brad Turner of the LA Times. Yeah. Terry Stotts, according to Brad Turner, is not interested in being anyone's assistant coach. That's that's a that's a bummer for me. We were hoping that Terry somehow you could get Darvin Ham as your coach and bring Terry Stotts in as like your lead assistant. 
And it sounds like if this is correct, that's not going to be happening. I know this is so unlikely, but it's okay, folks. You know, we'll get Darwin and then Darwin will bring Charles Lee with them. I know that's really unlikely, but let's be optimistic. But, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that Terry says, uh-uh, no. I also think the fact that he's saying, no, I'm not going to be anybody's assistant is because he has a legit shot of getting that Charlotte sure. job. I think, and maybe it's just me just looking too far into it, but I'm not sure if he couldn't get the Charlotte job, he would be like, no, I don't want to be an assistant. So, um, I honestly think he has a good shot of getting that Charlotte job. We talked about it earlier on the play-by-play. I think he is a good fit for Charlotte. Um, in an offensive, fast-paced team, um, he'd be a great fit for LaMelo, trying to maximize that crew as much as he can. Because um, let's be honest, as much as we kind of like to crap on Terry Stotts, he got the best out of that Portland team that, for most of his tenure there, was not the most well-put-together roster. And he got the best out of it. So um, I think he'd be a great fit in Charlotte. And I think that's why he's saying, nope, I don't want to be an assistant. Yeah, I, I feel like we we tend to undersell or underrate Terry Stotts. Um, I think he is a very good yeah. quality coach. If he wound up being the Lakers coach, I don't think that would be a terrible thing. I'm not he's he's a good coach. The problem that, that he has is he's not the sexy pick, right? Because he's this known quantity. He's been in the NBA for 20 years. Like you know yeah. exactly what he brings, you know exactly what his strengths are, his shortcomings are. There's that mystery with Darvin Ham because he hasn't been a head coach before. He's not that kind of retread. And I think there's some benefits to that. I think there's a little bit more risk there, too. I think Terry Stotts is a very low-risk pick because you know exactly what you're going to get with him. Um, but I do agree that I think if I was, and maybe I'm a little bit biased here because I prefer Darvin Ham as the pick for the Lakers, but I think that Terry Stotts is the best pick for the Hornets. If I'm the Hornets, I'm leaning towards Terry Stotts. I think what he brings the experience factor with a younger team. I think that matters. I think he's a great offensive coach. I think that matters, particularly with the, the team that they've got. He, to me, is the better fit for them than anybody else. I, I think. I think he's a great fit for them. I think Darvin Ham is a great fit for the Lakers. But, again, that might be my own bias in terms of hoping that Darvin Ham is available for the Lakers, leaking into to my, or bleeding into my opinion a little bit there. But um, Terry Stotts is a very good coach. And so I don't want to make it out to, to be like, oh, he's just, you know, he's a has-been. He can't get it done. No, he's a very good coach. And if he winds up being the Lakers coach, so be it. You know, I think you can make cases for each of these three guys as to why they should be the guy. I just think Darvin Ham has the strongest case. This might be bold, and I might get treaded for in the comments, but you know what? Who cares? Um, Terry Stotts is probably a better coach than Mark Jackson. Just to put it okay. that way. Now, Mark Mark does get a lot of credit, and he deserves it, for developing the, the trio, Steph, Clay. Really, Dramon started to develop a little bit more when Steve got there and turned and blossomed into player he is. But Mark is a good coach, but I do think Terry is a better coach than Mark, just to kind of put it into some perspective. So I do agree. While I am definitely the hardest on the Darvin Ham train, Terry is a good coach. I think he, he would be a perfect fit for Charlotte. He's going to put the ball in LaMelo Ball's hands. I know that, pun intended, but I know that sounds easier said than done, but like he's going to let LaMelo just run the show. They're going to run up and down. They're going to put LaMelo in a lot of high screen and roll situations where you get him driving downhill, be a, a decision maker. So, yeah, I, I do agree that uh, 
Terry Stotts would be a great fit for Charlotte. Um, okay, let's get into some of the super chats here. We've got Maddie James said, I want Brunson. Also, is it possible to grab Oladipo? Especially, would love to have him, especially for some much-needed wing defense. Jalen Brunson's getting paid this summer. Yeah. Not getting him. Not getting him. He's, he's getting the bag. Yeah, he's going to get... I mean, my guess would be maybe starting at $20 million. The Lakers might, might have six to offer. They're, they're not getting uh, Jalen Brunson. Oladipo, maybe... You know, I wonder... Has... What? What's, he, what's the going rate for him? I mean... Oladipo, has he played his way out of a veteran minimum contract with what we've seen? Quite possibly. So are you okay with going with the taxpayer mid-level for him? Are you okay with dipping into that in order to get Oladipo? If so, then maybe you can get him. Um, I like him. I like him. But if it's me, I'm focusing more on the bigger wings than, than yeah. Oladipo. That's what I was going to say. Like, If it comes down to Victor Oladipo or Otto Porter Jr., you can make an argument Victor's still better. But the Lakers, it's more about fit. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing we learned from this season. It's more about fit. It's more about need. Um, and the Lakers need bigger wings that can shoot and be serviceable defensively. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Victor's been great in this playoffs, though. I do want to put that out there. He's been, been very solid for, uh, for Miami. Uh, Matty James, honestly, regardless of who we get as a coach, the Lakers have a lot of other issues to fix. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that you can't be expected to fix with a new coach. More change needs to happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a long way to go. But just coach is just the first thing on that list that you have to check off uh, because you want to get your coach in place so they can start getting the lay of the land. They can start getting a feel for things, start getting um, integrated into where things are in terms of trade conversations and all that kind of stuff, uh, as well as the draft, which the pre-draft process is well underway. We've got the draft coming up on June 23rd, so less than a month now. Till the NBA draft, yeah. you want your coach to have some kind of a voice in that process and in the decision making there. And so that's why there's a little bit more urgency. Trades, fixing some of this stuff, that's that's already starting to pick up. And it's gonna just it, the that's gonna start to ramp up even more between now and the draft. And then, you know, draft time it's gonna go crazy. The week after, all the way through the first couple of weeks of July, we're going to be hearing a lot of stuff going on. We're going to have free agency, all of that. That's when the Lakers are going to make their changes. Just the first domino to fall is the coach, and then they've got a lot more that they've got to figure out from there. Also, I'm going to say this, because I know we're already going to get some people saying, well, the Lakers will have draft picks, undrafted free agency. Look at Miami. They have so many key players that are important to how they, they operate mm -hmm. that are undrafted free agents. Golden State, Jordan Poole was, at, Jordan Poole was in the G League last season. Um, so, And that's also what's really fun. You, I know you and Keith Smith on the front office show have talked about how fun it is and how cool it is that the G League is actually becoming uh, a legit uh, developmental part where yeah. you can really go grab guys that can be key members of your roster. And I'm throwing this name out a lot, but Jordan Usher would be a great undrafted free agency target for the Lakers, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, even though Lakers have a draft pick, they still have to worry about the draft and look at some potential undrafted free agency options. Uh, let's see. I've got some people asking about. Oh, so there's a Russell Westbrook rumor that's floating uh, around. Um, it's not a real rumor. It's from a joke account. It's it's a it's 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 not even like trying to be real. So don't. You just don't fall for it or, or whatever. There's this time of year, by the way, just, just as a general PSA, this time of year, you really need to make sure, and this is not what happened in this scenario. This was a, a joke account, but what happens is you get 
the fake accounts popping up where they're pretending to be somebody else. You've got to check that username, make sure it's who you really think it is because you're going to get the fake Woj, the fake Shams and all that kind of stuff that's popping up, talking about trades that are that have happened and people get fooled by it. Just be careful. This is the time of year when that, that stuff happens. Just we're, we're coming into that time period from now through mid-July. You're going to see every now and then you're going to see fake accounts pop up. So just be careful, double check and uh, and make sure it's the legit account that's putting stuff out before you you run with it and start retweeting. My bad, guys. You're bad. You didn't. <laughs> well, it looked you, you just didn't see that it was from a, an account that was that was kidding. But yeah. there's a lot of people in the chat that are mentioning this as well, saying, is this a real thing? I'm not even going to get into what the rumor was, but um, but no, it's 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 not. All right, let's get into some of your other questions here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> I've got a lot of people saying, well, okay. I've got a lot of people asking what the Lakers can do trade-wise, but let's get into this one. Uh, Suzu Kazua said, uh, I, Trevor, can we buy a pick? Uh, and then can we trade with the Knicks for Cam Reddish and the 42nd pick? So they can buy a pick. Sure, they can. Um, that It's something that the Lakers have done in the past. And so that's possible. Picks are going for more than they used to. So I'm curious to see what the going rate is for a pick this year in the second round. But the Lakers potentially could. As far as Cam Reddish goes, yeah, the Lakers tried to get him at the trade deadline and they were on the verge of acquiring him. They had him. It was going to be Alec Burks and Cam Reddish to the Lakers. THT was going to be going out, probably Kendrick Nunn as well. And then uh, the Toronto Raptors were going to be giving up. Um, Goran Dragic was going to be going out to uh, to New York. That fell apart. The Knicks and the Raptors disagreed on, on draft picks and how all that would work, but the Lakers were in. So... When we look at this and we say, could the Lakers go in on a Cam Reddish deal again? Sure, we, we know the Lakers are interested in Cam Reddish, that they would like to get him. So again, that's we said it at the trade deadline. The stuff that doesn't happen at the trade deadline, file it away because sometimes, don't just forget it, sometimes it pops back up again uh, at the offseason, during the offseason. And so it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers checked in on Cam Reddish again, but we have to keep in mind that it was the Raptors that wanted THT. It wasn't the Knicks. So, do the Knicks value THT enough to do a deal around Cam Reddish? I don't know. We know the Raptors did. Whether or not the Knicks do might be a totally different story. So, just something to keep in mind there. I don't know if there's a straight one-on-one -on -one deal with the Knicks. If there was, I think it would have 
happened at the, at the trade deadline. So clearly there wasn't. Um, does something change during the offseason? We'll see. But I think we do we do have some certainty here that the Lakers like Cam Reddish and we'll probably make that call again and see if something can be worked out. Hopefully THT scoring a random 40-point game in one of the last few games of the season did enough to uh, boost his <laughs> trade value enough to make the Knicks say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll trade you Cam Reddish. He's not playing anyway. That, that would definitely be – that would be nice. Just just somehow send that game over to the Knicks and just say, hey, <laughs> here, this is TH. This is what he does every game. Uh, Matty James, what I want to see is an improvement next year opposed to last year is the energy of the entire team actually playing with effort and focus each game. Uh, hoping that's uh, a focus after last year's embarrassment. Yeah, well, thank you for the super chat. Uh, yeah, I I mean, you've got to get the that. The bar has been set so low. We talked about how many times last season the Lakers, and I keep saying it's last season. Technically, it's still this season, but the Lakers season's over. So um, where they just didn't bring the minimum effort required to compete at an NBA level, we saw that happen quite a bit. And so, yeah, you need you need a lot of new things, and you need the chemistry to change. You need the air around the team to change, and that is a big part of why people are saying Russell Westbrook has to be moved. And I know we'll talk plenty about Russ, but from a logistical standpoint, looking at asset management, you could argue that taking on Russ and just, just taking him and letting his contract expire, that might actually be preferable in terms of asset management than giving up stuff along with Russ to take on contracts that run longer. Particularly, I mean, people are throwing out this idea. I'm already seeing it in our chat. Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson for Russell Westbrook. Well, Kyle Lowry doesn't look great right now. He's hurt, but still, uh, we're seeing stuff like that go get floated out there uh, by Lakers fans. I think you're most likely your best scenario in that case is probably just letting Russ expire. I'm not saying Lowry's bad or Duncan Robinson is bad, but those contracts go for a long time, particularly if you had to add stuff to it. But can you really bring Russ back next season? Aren't you just then kind of giving up on this season unless you assume some new coach is going to come in and fix everything? I don't know. It, it's tough. If the number one goal is to refresh this team, I, I don't know if you're going to get a different energy if you bring Russ back. I'm going to uh, answer this question, Trevor, because I think it's a good one. I don't think people have really been able to get a clear answer. So this is from THT, TNT Crew EJ. Uh, what makes Darvin Hammock a candy? Haven't heard anyone really break that down. Uh, well, obviously, former Lakers assistant coach, he's been a big part, a big fundamental reason why the Bucks have won these past two years, a big part of changing that offense. Um, and I would be really excited to get Darvin in. I've been on his the train. I, I, apparently, according to Trevor, I'm the president of the Darvin Ham fan club. <laughs> That's uh, right. So, but no, Darvin, he's been a big part of the Bucks revitalizing that offense and changing it after the bubble to help win that title last season. Honestly, if Middleton's healthy, they may, they're maybe the favorites to run it back and win it again this season. Um, he's been talked about as a guy that uh, I guess is a good thing, but we've seen with a guy like Luke Walden where it's not always a great thing. He's a player's coach. The players really, really love him. And um, he just makes the most sense out of all the candidates. Um, I'd be really excited if we got Darwin personally. Yeah, I think he makes makes a lot of sense. Um, makes a lot of sense for the Lakers. Uh, Matty James said, "Would it be with another super chat?" Said, "Would it be possible to get Powell as a backup big? He's young and athletic. He's not a free agent, is he?" Uh, let me look. We're talking Dwight Powell. The Dwight Powell. 
Let me see where he's at. Another guy somebody's bringing up in the chat, Kai Soto. Yeah, the Lakers, if they won to, if Kai Soto went undrafted, they could get Kai Soto and Jordan Usher. How about it? Uh, let's see here. Dwight Powell is $11.8 million next season. Jeez. So you're talking about THT for Dwight Powell, basically. Or you could just do THT for Maxi Kleba. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would rather, if I'm going to use THT in a trade, Dwight Powell is not the guy that I would trade him for. Yeah. Um. All right, let's let's get into this. Shakir Reddick said we should get Mark Jackson or Scott Brooks, and I, I we've talked about Mark Jackson plenty. I know Mark Jackson is out of all the coaching candidates. Mark Jackson is the most polarizing. You've got people that either say bring him in, yes, this is the guy. There's no reason why he shouldn't be in the league right now. Give him the job. There are other people who say absolutely not, and it doesn't feel like there's a lot in between. But I want to focus on the Scotty Brooks part of this. If you are the Lakers, and and again, the, a lot of this depends on who they hire as a head coach, but if you're the Lakers and you resign yourself to keeping Russell Westbrook, do you make another effort to bring in Scott Brooks as an assistant? As an assistant, sure. I thought you were going to ask me uh, about the head coach thing. I was going to say, gosh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, as an assistant, I mean, sure, why not, honestly? another vet- Really, you're bringing Scott Brooks for the same reason you would bring in Terry Stotts as an assistant. Mm-hmm. A veteran coach who's been around the league, uh, that has some experience, that isn't technically a bad coach. Uh, not a good one, per se, but not a bad coach. Uh, have some better experience, get help get Darwin adjusted from an assistant role to a head coaching role. Sure, as a but I thought you were gonna say head coach. I was gonna say, gosh, no, but you said assistant, so sure. Um, oh, this is a good question. Michael Lesperant from YouTube said, Would you rather include a future first round pick? Well, he said just said a first pick, but that means the 2027 or 2029 pick or THT in a Westbrook trade. What would you value more? I would honestly put in the 27 first because I still think you can get something from THT player wise okay. that you could come back and add more to your roster technically for being honest that first is probably more valuable than THT yeah. but I just think if it's THT and maybe combined one of those other for well the other first if you don't have to use both then um then you could get more player value in return so that's where I'm thinking on that one I, I think I might go THT yeah, I think I might put him in just because I think you're going to need that trade asset down the road. And I don't know that particularly if you if you if you wind up moving Russ in this deal and you can put THT in, that's a lot of money going out. You could be getting some good stuff coming back and just in a vacuum. What would I value more THT or the future first given his contract? Like if THT balls out this season, he just opts out and potentially could leave in 2023 Fair. if he's not that good this season, then he opts in and you've got a player on an $11 million contract that probably isn't worth that. So with that being considered, I'm going to, I'll say I would keep the pick. Um, Kai Soto. Yeah. I mean, who knows? The Lakers could try to buy a, a, for a second round pick to draft him if they feel like he's going to go. If not, maybe they can get him undrafted. That name's popping up again, too. Uh, and again, I went and saw him in person. We got to meet with him, interview him, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's interesting. He's he's interesting as a as a potential candidate there. Um, I, I think he needs time to develop, though, too. And so that's going to be the question. Can the Lakers be patient while he, while he develops? 
he he would be like such a great player in Miami. That thought just came to my mind as soon as you said develop. God. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be okay with him being in the G League for a bit and and doing all of yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> THT goes try him today. <laughs> all right. Jabari Wilson from Facebook. I knew we knew this was coming at some point. We just need to get into it. Hi, y'all. I'm aware two players might be unlikely to happen. However, I'm going to put you all to a test. If you have to choose, who's more likely to play for the Lakers between Zach Levine and Kyrie Irving? Jeez. So first, let's just say, who do you think is more likely that for the Lakers to get? And then from there, let's talk about which one you'd prefer. Oh, more likely is Zach Levine, in my opinion. I honestly don't think Kyrie wants to play with LeBron and then like you add an AD like he's the third option easily in that offense Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Kyrie wants that um which player would I rather have on the Lakers he's not the better player out of the two but I would rather have Zach Levine out of the two so I think Zach's more likely and I would rather have Zach I think he's better off the ball compared to Kyrie and whoever would come in, they would be the third option because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So Zach Levine is well, both of my answers. I'm going to say Kyrie for the first one, simply because I think the Nets are going to look to, or might consider trading him. Um, Zach Levine, I know the Bulls want to keep him and I know the logistics of getting him are so, so unlikely that at least we know if there is, uh, we talk about push and pull factors I don't know if there's a pull factor in L.A., if there's anything drawing Kyrie to L.A., but it feels like there's a push factor out of Brooklyn for the Nets right now anyway to move Kyrie. So just because of that, at least, you know, he might be kind of a wild card out there um, because Zach Levine, I just think the path to getting him is so difficult. But if I if I got to pick between the two, hey, one of these guys is going to be a Laker. Uh, give me Zach Levine. Give me give me Zach Levine. I think the skill set is a better fit. Again, Kyrie, when he's at his best, I think is a, is a better player when he's at his best. But it's all the other stuff. And then fit-wise, I don't know if you want... I mean, we've had two seasons of a ball-dominant point guard with LeBron, and it hasn't worked well. Now, the big difference is Kyrie can shoot, and he's worked with LeBron in the past, so I'm not saying it wouldn't work or anything like that, but I just think skill set-wise, Zach Levine's the the better fit, more closer to what the Lakers need right now in terms of skill set. So I would go with him. Yeah. You guys are hilarious. I'm just reading somebody's comments. You guys are awesome. What is it that you saw? Trade Westbrook for a broken down fax machine. Oh, man. Do people even fax anymore? Right, Maybe that's the, that's the right, point. That's the point. Joey C uh, said, you can't bring back Westbrook, not just because he's become poor at basketball, but because of his lack of self-awareness and bad attitude. If they bring him back, I don't know if I can watch. Uh, Joey's not the only one who have said that. There, there's been a number of people who have said they bring Russ back. I don't know if I'm going to sign up to watch this next season. Um, which I understand. I've been saying all along, winning cures all. If they were to bring back Russ, the only way you smooth things over with Lakers fans, doesn't matter what Russ says, doesn't matter what he does. The only thing that matters is do the Lakers win. win. If yeah. he's playing well and they fix it and they're winning, then they'll be okay. If not, and you bring Russ back and they're losing and he's bad again, the, it's only going to exacerbate the problem. So I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat. I don't think you can uh, bring him back. 
but I can understand why logistically it's going to be tough to move him. And as far as Russ being uh, having a bad attitude or self-awareness, I mean, you can see it on the floor in terms of the decisions that he makes and not being willing to stop making those decisions, change up things. It doesn't seem like he's hit a point where he's ready to adapt his game or willing to adapt his game. He may never hit that point. But as long as he's the highest paid player in the league, he's he doesn't have a lot of incentive to change something. So I'm not very optimistic that Russ next season suddenly fixes things, even with a new new coach. If they do keep him, hopefully that, that is what happens, but I certainly wouldn't count on it. And guys, remember, per Magic Johnson, the way to fix the Lakers next season is to wine and dine every single player. <laughs> Take them to the most expensive restaurant in L.A., maybe in Malibu or somewhere else, but wine and dine every player. That's the way you fix this roster. <laughs> Oh, Matty James with another super chat said, I vote Sean Davis as head coach, or at least a spot on the coaching staff. Thank you. Tell Darvin Ham, I'll be I'll be I'll be the video coordinator. Yeah. He could give me that role. Uh Shakir Reddick, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. No question there, but just super chat. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. Oh my goodness. We've got people debating what is an actual good return for <laughs> but I mean like facetiously debating. So like Slim Jims and stuff are getting tossed around in exchange for Russell Westbrook in our chat. Westbrook for, Westbrook for Antonio Brown. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, oh, man. Is Phil Handy staying, Jeffrey wants to know? I really hope so. I hope so, so as well. I, I think if, and this is a great point you've mentioned in the past about, because I think we had an axed, axed about um, if the Lakers are, you know, forcing a coaching staff on whoever they hire and you mentioned how you don't think that's going to be the case because we probably would have heard so by now. Um, and I'll, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've, I don't think that's the case, but if there is anybody that the Lakers could be like, Hey, keep this guy or Hey, hire that guy. It has to be Phil handy. Like, please bring him back. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Phil handy is a guy that you would definitely like to see come back next season. He's uh, well known around the NBA He's one of the best assistant coaches Again, would love to see him uh, back with the Lakers uh, next season. But I wonder how much say they give their uh, their head coach hire in the assistants. I'm, like most head coaches want to bring in their own assistants. Frank Vogel was put in a situation where the Lakers said, no, we're telling you who your assistants are. I don't know if that's going to fly with whoever it is that they hire here. So No. Darvin could go back to Milwaukee and win titles. Yeah. Terry can go to Charlotte, honestly, get a head coaching job or enjoy retirement. And Kenny Atkinson can go back to Golden State and wait another hiring cycle. Yeah, and that's what I think would happen if that's what the Lakers decide to do. I think yeah. I think, and maybe one of them would just say, okay, fine, because there's only a, so many head coaching jobs. But uh, I think that it would be not ideal, I think, for the Lakers in terms of getting the candidate they want if they continue with this whole, we're going to pick your assistant coaches for you thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's already bad enough that the coach literally does not get any say in the roster because, again, either Frank Vogel was intoxicated, if he had a say, or he had no say at all. Um, so, yeah, it's already bad enough they don't get a say, any say at all in the roster they're going to have to deal with. And you're going to pick their their coaching staff as well. Yeah, no, that's that's a little much. I don't, I don't think... Yeah, I, I don't think that um, that's what they're going to do. I would assume that's not what they're going to do at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, Tony PR said, what is your playoff West bracket for next year? That's a good I question. I mean, for next year? Like, I don't... Dude, so much is going to change between now and I'm next actually, year. I've thought about this, actually. Yeah. I think the Clippers, they're gonna, mm-hmm. they should be fully healthy. Golden State's going to be scary. Memphis, is, they have all the picks. And they're just running it back. Denver will be healthy. Us, hopefully, fingers crossed. New Orleans should be good. Like, the West is going to be loaded next year. I know that's only six teams, but West is going to be really good next year. Yeah. Like, it, like looking at it, it's hard to think who's dropping out of the playoffs in the West. Is Utah, like, the most, like, likely team to drop out out of all of them? Because Minnesota, maybe. But, like, if you look at these teams that would have to drop out, mm-hmm. like... Phoenix, maybe. I'm not too high on Phoenix. Like, post, like, with Chris Paul, if he's really falling off, the DeAndre Aiden thing, I'm not the most confident that Devin Booker can lead a team to the playoffs by himself. Uh, So, yeah, like, you look at the teams that made it, it would be, like, Utah, Phoenix, maybe. It's really hard to picture the one seed, 164 games, drop completely out of the playoffs, though, but... Yeah, it's tough. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge next season. Uh, Shakir Reddick, oh, with it, with kind of a hot take here, said Westbrook isn't the problem. LeBron is. There's streets named after how LeBron plays, and they are one way. LeBron can't play without the ball in his hands. That last part is where I want to address. And I don't even think necessarily that he said like anything hot takey there. But the last part, it's not because LeBron can't. It's because the coaching staff doesn't. like like. And that's one of the things that we, we talked about. Yumi and Matt talked about it on the play-by-play. One of the biggest things that I would love to see next year is the Lakers, whoever the coach is. It could be Darvin Ham, It could be Terry Stotts. It could be Steve Clifford. I know they didn't interview Steve. I'm just making a point. Um I would love to see them set things up for LeBron and not have LeBron initiate every single offensive action because that is what we saw last year. And you could just do that to also preserve LeBron as well. Kind of like what we saw in Miami. Like you go look back at those Miami Heat days when he was in Miami or even early Cleveland, the second go around rather, there was a lot more stuff set up for LeBron that made things a little bit easier on him because you had more off-ball actions for him. So I... That that statement's honestly partially true, but I don't think that it's because he can't play off the balls because they just won't set anything up for him. I think LeBron is willing to play off the ball. I think Russell Westbrook is between the two. Which one is more able to play off the ball? It's LeBron. LeBron. It's LeBron, and, and by a lot. Um, I think LeBron winds up with the ball in his hands because that's where you're better off is with LeBron having the ball in his hands. Yeah. And we've seen, we saw instances where, or I mean, many times this season where LeBron was out and Russ got to have the ball and do whatever he wanted and it didn't go well. Uh, there were, He had his moments, don't get me wrong. He, he had what, he had a really good game against, what was that? Charlotte. Charlotte. That was Charlotte, yeah. That he had a really good game against. So he had his flashes, but was nowhere near consistent enough. I think between the two, LeBron has an easier time playing off the ball than Russ does. And I don't think there's any question about, about that. Yeah. Uh, Mark, because uh, Mark, Mark said, if Russ stays, it's because the Lakers aren't sure about AD's health. I mean, that's the one thing that Russ has, right? Is that he's pretty much there for every game. (laughs) 
<laughs> he just he, he plays through and so that's you know that matters uh, having that kind of availability you just you wish he was a little bit more efficient and effective out on the floor but he's i mean he's in the lineup every night night in night out there he is now i'm gonna say this too i i don't if russ came back i don't think it could be any worse than it was last year or last this past season or whatever i do think it would be better um how much better is the question but again the bar set so low mm -hmm. for everything if we're being honest yeah Okay, uh, Kiki with the super chat said, "Okay, so LeBron's the problem because he can't play off ball, and Russ is what exactly? Shorter, a worse shooter, worse IQ, worse defense, worse off the ball." Again, I wasn't saying that. Uh, I wasn't saying that LeBron can't play no, off the ball. I was. They're, yeah. they're responding to that other that other comment that we had. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Right. Yeah that that was that was a response to the other comment that we had. Yeah, I mean. I think LeBron is the is the better off ball player, and, and again, I don't think that's a hot take at all or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Matty James said, "If you were to put the ball in either LeBron's hands or Westbrook's hands in a game seven, down one with 15 seconds to go, who do you trust more?" Safe to say, the Lakers organization would trust LeBron more. I think everybody would trust LeBron more. No, no question whatsoever. If you'd rather have Russ with the ball, then uh, I, I we need to have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, LeBron is sunny. says LeBron has got to run the point. Simple as that. I'm in agreement, but I do think the wear and tear is a real thing. So I think you need a solid backup point guard, but you need somebody who doesn't mind being the backup. You need somebody who's good enough to be like a high level player, but at the same time has the right temperament. Because we saw Dennis Schroeder, who felt like he needed to be the starter. He needed the ball. Russell Westbrook, it's the same idea. And I'm not saying that, that Russ shouldn't be a starter or Schroeder shouldn't be a starter. For the Lakers, though, where the ball is most likely going to be in LeBron's hands in crunch time, LeBron's hands through good portions of the game, and rightfully so, you've got to have somebody who is comfortable with being off the ball and doesn't feel like they have to have that basketball while still being able to give you, when LeBron is out, the production that you need from the position. That is a fine line to walk. And so far, the Lakers have had two tries on it. They have not found that guy. First with, with Dennis Schroeder, now with Russell Westbrook. So it would be in interesting to see how they approach the position uh, this offseason. I just want to address something as well. Somebody mentioned LeBron was the uh, worst defender by far on the Lakers last season. But per the analytics, I have this is per Synergy, my, my, uh, my dear friends at Synergy, sports, technology, whatever. Uh, LeBron was not the worst defender on the Lakers. As a matter of, in terms of points per possession allowed, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, it was technically, it was Stanley and then Russ. But in Stanley's defense, he was guarding one of the better perimeter players more often than not. But per Synergy, in terms of points per possession allowed, it was Russ. And then Mello, Russ and Mello. Yeah, that's and THT. Geez, THT. Oh, THT. He was supposed <laughs> to be their their perimeter defender. Oh, Shakir Reddick says at least Russ has some killer instinct. LeBron has zero. Uh, he doesn't know how to kick a team when they're when they're down. <laughs> I mean, I would argue Russ isn't going to get a team down. Um, I mean, look, is Russ more of kind of the I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to, I'm going to drive to the paint. I'm going to dunk on you. 
and I'm going to score myself when the game is on the line. Probably. I mean, I think my favorite Russ play of the season, though, ironically, was Russ driving to the basket in Dallas and kicking out to Austin Reeves for three. Um, that was, I thought, my, my probably... There were a few. I mean, the dunk on Gobert was fantastic, too. But yeah. that was probably my favorite Russ play. But to say he doesn't have killer instinct, I think that just goes back to a bigger discussion about LeBron and this concept of what killer instinct is and what uh, what we expect out of a star player. We saw Jordan. We saw Kobe, who were always the guys taking that sh the shots. That's not really how LeBron is wired. His version of how he attacks a game or closes a game, it's just different. Than, than what we see from from other star players, particularly those star, like two guards that we've seen. And again, we saw Kobe for 20 years here. But LeBron is more the guy that wants to make the right pass in, in crunch time and then trust in his teammates. And I'm not saying, you know, one's better than, than the other or one is more masculine or, or whatever. It's just a different approach. And, and LeBron gets a lot of flack for that. Um, sometimes I think he should be more aggressive and attack. But other times, you see what he does. He makes the right basketball play, and, and it can pay off. So I've never been one to argue that LeBron is somehow lacks killer instinct or lacks aggressiveness mm -hmm. or something like that because that's the path that he chooses to to walk. It's just it's who he is as a player. It's built in to his basketball DNA. I've always said, well, Kobe is, is the closest we've seen to Jordan. LeBron, LeBron is, is more like magic. LeBron's more magic. That's it, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Like, let's just appreciate greatness. Like, not everything needs to turn into, oh, he's better than this guy. Like, no, LeBron's great. And also, like, let's not say LeBron isn't clutch because LeBron is definitely clutch. And if you want to use numbers or whatever, uh, LeBron, the numbers definitely say LeBron is a clutch player. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he's definitely more magic. And, and you stole the words right out of my mouth, Trevor. Dang, man. Cesar Badillo, uh, you're referencing the super chat. Thank you, but you're referencing a tweet that we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, yep. That is, it's not, it's not a serious tweet. There is no actual report. It's, um, it don't, yeah, don't fall for that. It's a, it's a joke. It's not, it's not real. Um, Tony PR with the super chat. Thank you. Said people need to understand. Russ is the problem. He literally didn't finish at point blank. Probably oh. only quadruple double. Uh, and honestly, he still hasn't taken responsibility. The coaching hire isn't solving this. I mean, Russ's finishing at the rim declined drastically from previous seasons. It got to a point where, I mean, what we heard was that the Lakers actually like sent him to the doctor to find out is something wrong with his hands? Is something wrong with his eyes? Why is he missing these shots at the rim so badly? Uh, even dunks. And, um, so yeah, it, it was, it was rough. It was, it was not a good experience overall with Russell Westbrook this season. Now, is he the problem? I think the Lakers have a lot of problems beyond just Russell Westbrook. I think he was one of them, um, but it, to blame it all, to say that Russ is not the problem, I don't feel like that's correct. To say that Russ is the problem, I don't think that's correct either. I think he's one of a number of different problems that the Lakers need to figure out how they're going to navigate this offseason. Yeah, I don't want this to turn into a us bashing Russ session. Sure. And there was so many problems with the Lakers last season. And I think you just mentioned it, Trevor. Like, yeah, like it's not one thing to blame. It's a bunch of different stuff. It's health. It's uh, it's Russ. Russ was a factor in that. It was health. It was Russ. It was Frank not being 
uh, not having a good performance, if you will, as a coach last season. It was the roster construction as a whole. There was a lot. And if you want to divvy up that blame pie, it's honestly pretty, pretty close. Like, it's they all get an equal share of that blame pie. It's not just one thing. If you pick one thing out and say it was this thing, this is the reason why the Lakers were bad last year, you're, I don't think that's accurate. I think it's a combination of a lot of different reasons that the Lakers mm-hmm. struggled last season. It's not just uh, Russ or it's not just Frank or it's not just any one thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. I uh, want to listen to our, our to hear from our sponsors here, which is Athletic Greens. Lakers Nation, I want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things. And I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I I run into, and I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved, and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now, I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym, but the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable in the afternoons. I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers Nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking AG1. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my AG1. One, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation to take ownership of your health 
and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and we are back. Uh, Mark Mark says, can we have either Markeith Morris, KCP, or Danny Green? Markeith Morris, I think you can. He'll be a free agent. Danny Green, man, heal up. Uh, best wishes to him. That's a rough injury that he suffered with the 76ers. I, I would imagine he's not going to be ready to go at the start of next season. Uh, KCP? If you could, if you could trade for KCP and some other pieces, and, and but KCP is the main piece coming back, and you're giving up Russ, would you do it? So I was like, how about this, Trevor? How about we just redo the, <laughs> the trade in general? Bring us Kuz back, back. Bring us K undo yeah, it. Dude, undo it. Rewind time there. Antoine Banks, thank you for a a super chat there. Appreciate it. Where's Doctor Strange where you need him? We need the time stone right now. Yeah, right. Oh, wait, crap. It'll shatter. Never mind. Uh, Kiki says they agree with you, Sean, responding to another super chat. Yay. That's right. All right. Let's get uh, a few more questions and comments, and then we'll uh, we'll call it an evening here. Can we get Kuzma back? I don't think so. Um, I, I do think it was interesting, though, when we talk about the different teams that might want Russell Westbrook. I mean, in most cases, teams do not want Russ. Um, and part of that is salary, really. Look, if, if Russ was making $5 million, teams would say, okay. But at $47 million, that's a lot to pay a, a player, especially like Russ, given where he's at right now. Um, but the Washington Wizards are one of the few teams I've seen out there where their fan base actually wants Russ. Like, and not, not that they want him at... Mostly I've seen them want Russ in terms of hey, if the Lakers bought him out, we would go get him, right? Like, they're excited about that prospect. So I don't know they want to give up anything up for him. But most fan bases around the NBA, when you bring up Russell Westbrook, they want him nowhere near their team. They want him far, far away and do not want him anywhere near their, their rosters. Most fan bases, not all, but, but most. That's, that's just the reaction I've seen. The Wizards, it's not the same. They have some fond memories of Russ from his time there. He played well. So... I don't know which team makes sense as a landing spot, but I at least know you probably wouldn't get as much pushback in Washington as you would from other places. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, Trevor, let's just rewind time and, you know, run the trade back. They want Russ so badly. <laughs> uh, it would be nice. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Uh, do you think if the Rockets can't trade Wall, they would do the deal with two seconds? So Russell Westbrook, two seconds for John Wall. Are you doing that deal? No. Okay. There's just too much uncertainty, honestly. I, I get it that Russ, it's like to a point where it's hard to bring him back. But if John Wall for Russell Westbrook is the only offer on the table, I am bringing Russell Westbrook back. Mm -hmm. Because you have some of the same issues with John Wall. Yeah, what, it's the same problems. It, except we have a straight up. If it's straight up, then, I mean, it's at least a little bit more interesting. But still, like, we haven't seen John Wall play in almost two years it's, now. It's understandable. But we saw Russ play, and we knew and yeah. we knew it was bad, right? It was just a bad fit. And I'm not saying Russ yeah. is just done as a player or whatever, but it was a bad fit. Personality didn't work. If it was straight up, I think you have to do it. Just, just with the, the logic being, could John Wall be much worse for the Lakers or is it just by being something different that might inherently be better? Um, 
that's the that would be the logic there. If it was a second, okay. Um, I don't know where this is going to wind up. I think ultimately John Wall is going to get bought out by the Rockets. I think Wall is going to suddenly yeah. be okay with a buyout after sacrificing a year of his career. And he's going to wind up somewhere. He's going to go to the Clippers. He's going to go to Miami. I think that's what's going to happen with John Wall this year. And if not, if the, if the Lakers trade for John Wall, Russ is going to get bought out and he's going to go to the Clippers or to Miami or something like that. Let me put it this way. If John Wall played last year, I'm doing the trade. It's just for me personally, it's the fact that we haven't seen him play is what's really like holding me back a little sure. bit personally. Mamba mentality with the super chat said the only way the Lakers can get leverage with Russ trades is to say, we only want to trade Russ this off season. If we have to enter the season with Russ, we're going to keep him and get the $47 million cap space ourselves. So they've got to tell teams like, look, this, this $47 million get out of jail free card that we've got here for future salary that goes away this season. We won't do an in-season trade. But I think teams would be willing to call the bluff because who would really, if the right deal came along in February, are you really going to say no because in the summer you said you're not going to do it? Like, I don't know if teams would buy that. But again, I don't know if teams are, are buying right now this, the comments going around what Magic Johnson said about bringing him back. I don't know if teams are buying that. Yeah, and, and again, personally, if the Lakers like get closer to the regular season and Russell Westbrook is still on the team, I, do, I think he's going to be on the team going through the season. Mm-hmm. I personally don't expect a like, trade deadline Russell Westbrook trade because like unless, yeah, I, I, just, I, I can't even really picture a scenario unless you're blown away with an offer, Russ is playing at a high level, and if Russ is playing at a high level, just keep him Mm -hmm. because he's an expiring and you would only have a few months left with him, honestly. So yeah, if you go into the season with Russ on the roster, I don't expect the deadline deal. Uh, Quinton Dangler said, do you think uh, Mello resigns? If he's willing to play like 10 to 15 minutes, if you're asking him to play 20 and 25 again, then yikes. Yeah. um, I don't see if, if Carmelo Anthony wants to resign. And he's and he's obviously resigning for the veteran minimum. Sure, I take him. I wouldn't like say, oh, check that box. Our power forward is set. We're good. But I still think he's a he's a weapon. He, does he have his shortcomings? Absolutely. But I think you can bring him back. I think that he's talented enough. I think he has a role that would fit uh, in the right scenario. I just don't know that you can bring him back as a hey, you're going to play major minutes every night type of guy. But I think you can absolutely bring him back if he's willing to come back with the understanding that you're not going to have those minutes every single night. Um, so I wouldn't have a problem with that. Antoine Banks uh, with the super chat. Thank you so much. Just just a super chat. Thank you. Appreciate it. Somebody, somebody brought up the same thing with Dwight Howard. Like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'd bring Dwight back for the, if it's the same reason. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, we're not going to ask you to play 25 minutes a night. It's more like spot minutes. Hey, can we, can we get 15 out of you here? Some nights we might need 20, 25 from you, but for the most part, we're going to get 10 to 15 from you. If that's fine, then sure. Uh, Dwight's in the same boat, in my opinion, as Melo, where you don't want to ask them for like 25 minutes a night next year. I, don't, I think at this stage in their careers, it's not fair to those guys even to lean on them that yeah. early. I think that's asking too much. That's, that's putting them... That's not putting them in a position to be successful. Um, in, in addition to, I think you're, you're hurting your team if you're relying on them for those major minutes. 
but being a veteran on the team, being able to provide those spot minutes for you here and there, being able to just be a quality reserve, sure. If that is the role, yeah, sign me up. I do that. Will Austin Reeves start next year? He might. I think he could. He might. He might. That could happen. It could happen. All right, everybody. Why don't we wrap things up here, up there? I, I appreciate everybody for joining us. Obviously, a lot going on. Who knows? Before our next show, we might have a new head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see how that all, all goes down. Will it be Darvin Ham? Will it be Terry Stotts? Will it be Kenny Atkinson? Will some other mystery contender emerge? We'll see. We'll find out what happens there. And then, of course, we're preparing for the NBA draft, which is coming up June 23rd. A lot of trade talks going to be happening around then. We'll see what the Lakers do. Do they buy a second-round pick? Woo, it's going to be a busy summer for your Los Angeles Lakers, so make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring the notification bell. And then over on Apple Podcasts, we love getting those five-star ratings and reviews. Appreciate them so, so much. Great way to help out the show. Till next time, everyone. Oh, whoa, we got a last-minute super chat that came in. At the buzzer. Se At second the buzzer. show in a row, we've got a buzzer super chat that has come in. Mark Mark said, Trevor, would you get Ellington back for the minimum? As a veteran presence, I'm not sure how Ellington plays next no. year if you want to compete. My answer would be no. Um, I've been on the... the um, I, I, my thinking has largely been I don't want guys who can only shoot. I want guys who can defend. Yeah. And if they can shoot league average from three, I'm taking that guy over a guy who's only a shooter. And that's what Wayne Ellington is right now. He's just a shooter. He's He was a little bit better defensively than I, I gave him credit for heading into the season, but he's not a guy you can count on there. So I would say I would say no. Let's hope we get Darvin Ham before the next. Good, I mean, good dude. Live but, show. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Let's let's see what happens there. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe.